Trigger warning. Some people may find topics discussed in this episode difficult. Please proceed with caution. Cults, coercion, and sexuality in society. These are the topics for the Frankie Files. I'm Frankie Tease, your host, and I'll continue to focus on my own family story as well as news and recovery info for those who've survived, especially the adult children of cults. New each Tuesday. See FrankieFilesPodcast.com for more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 53 of Frankie Files Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie Tease. Well, it's first Tuesday, and that means the topic is coercion. There is no greater coercion than human trafficking and sex trafficking. That's today's topic. We may often think of trafficking as people stuck in a van, chained up with no escape, but often coercion is used on victims and unwitting participants. I assure you, you have seen or participated unwittingly in human trafficking if you are in the United States. People don't like to hear that. I know that's going to shock some of you, but it's so damn underhanded that I'm going to continue to attempt to inform people this is happening and now. What if human trafficking is simply completely containing someone via surveillance until the power that is threatened by the whistleblower decides what to do with them. Often killing a whistleblower target is too overt and risky and would come right back to the criminal in power who the victim threatens. Like a choir boy abused by a Catholic priest or a child hurt by a powerful, rich parent. The story can't come out. How do they suppress the whistleblower, though? Answer, an invisible network of tracking and surveillance using private investigators, religious volunteers, neighborhood watch, and others. Human trafficking can include but does not require movement. Businessinsider.com put out an article entitled 20 Staggering Facts About Human Trafficking in the U.S. And a couple of their points, it was not made illegal in the United States until 2000. Wow. Thousands of trafficking victims are thought to be working in exploitive conditions in the U.S. right now. But what if trafficking humans doesn't always look how you thought it would? Have you ever been tricked into helping traffic someone? Let's get started. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com Coercion and Social Systems of Control Social Scoring, the Government, Society at Large Looking back at my cult and studying other cults, it's now so clear There's always a system of control in any group. That's how people behave. In organizations which are government or non-government, like corporations and nonprofits, they're there too. So today let's look at an inconvenient truth. Many institutions like schools, hospitals, religions, military, political, sorority, boys or girls schools exist because they are cooperating with larger groups. 
Organizations like Neighborhood Watch, Organization NWO, seek to know every person in their area. It's basic trafficking. But social scoring, which has clearly arrived in the United States, creates a system of control easily doubling as a system of abuse and revenge. Who are the first to be flagged? Well, whistleblowers, of course. So in any organization, the system of control, like a boys' academy, a high school, a Facebook group, someone can get a label slapped on a victim for something they do or say. Someone who's petty with small bit of power or authority can flag that subject as anything they want. Tagging someone as crazy is very easy and popular. But rewind. Let's go back. Often, kids whose parents didn't plan or want them or are caught off guard by them get into very compromising situations for no reason at all. A child is abused at home and tries to run away. Punished, they're sent to a boys' school. Their trafficking is now in progress. Corrupt leaders at their facility begin to flag any non-compliance with permanent words on important papers. We have a, a report about this coming soon. Stay tuned on that. Major obstacles can come of this for the rest of the child's life. They may even be in a situation where futures are planned for them by people in positions of power. Now someone has power over their life. Forced labor. Marriages arranged secretly behind their back, which the victim may think are totally organic. This could equal profit for someone somehow. Local law enforcement gets kickbacks to be complicit and involved or just turn the other way. Using my example, I was dropped out of high school in front of everyone between age 16 and 17, and my parent was not informed. I became a full-time slave, really, voluntary slave at a religious church. And my mom wasn't told, and she discovered only after the school year ended. Result, I didn't get my diploma. Uh, my sexual abusers, mentors, and spiritual leaders of this cult didn't care in the least. It was working towards their plan. Now I was trapped once my mom was excommunicated by them without money, car, contacts with any other family or friends in a compound for about four to six years. The control was so severe, I had to just leave with nothing. Soon getting a waitress job to start my new life. Of course, it never occurred to me that my mere existence was now a threat to the leaders of Morningland Corporation. It didn't occur to me because I'm innocent and I don't think like a criminal. I was finally free, I thought. I left the area. I struggled in life in many different ways, as trafficking victims often do. I just wanted to forget all that happened. But I now look back at coincidences and realize I've been tracked, like many victims, who hold devastating secrets of their abusers, because what we know happened itself is the threat to them. As I recently discussed in this other podcast I do called Hot Takes of a Cult Kid, that's at frankietees.substack.com, the moment 
The very moment I told my mom out loud for the very first time in my life in 2014, all hell broke loose. I said the words, I was a teenage sex slave. Speaking about my past openly to my mom was the trigger. I had also consulted with lawyers on the phone, and I was also on the news in Las Vegas, involved in a protest there. Now I saw traffickers come out of the woodwork, but I didn't know that's what they were doing. Without specifics, I moved back to the town of Long Beach where the sex abusers still live and operate, the church. That's where it all happened. I was followed by foot, by car, and made uncomfortable everywhere I went, eventually being purposely hit and totaling my car. The hitter saying, I got you, to my face. All of this activity prevented me from having time, peace, and solitude to gather my thoughts to allow me to speak out. Incredible, right? Super underhanded, right? You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com Then I became very familiar with the human trafficking network and local police. The trafficking network is in every single place and crevice. Once the abusers create a narrative, they get proxy stalkers to help carry it out. The network's first plan it to discredit you as crazy. That's the first go-to. This all kicked in when I refused to take my own life in suicide in Las Vegas in 2014, but I came really close. An invisible battle I won in 2014 between suicide and me. Then I committed to speaking out in my memoir, written now, uh, not yet published, as I'm seeking a literary agent, the fact is this system of control profits from having a human trafficking network. Once the abuser is properly labeled crazy, any agency can flag you as a threat. They get paid to keep reporting and monitoring people who are crazy or are dangerous or are mislabeled crazy or dangerous. Trust me, there's no due diligence. And in the case of someone like me, I have no police record. Why would I be criminalized and followed? Criminalizing me didn't work for them. I don't break the law. In Long Beach, stranger after stranger came up to me in grocery stores and gas stations and started strange arguments, ending with, you're crazy. So unnerving. I finally told them right on the spot, you're on script, aren't you? And filmed every one of them in my defense. It was the ultimate in gaslighting, just like the film Gaslight. I felt so infiltrated, I began to doubt every boyfriend and bad marriage as connected. Maybe they were plants. It's upsetting. It makes you doubt all the things that are taking place in your life. But above all else, you got to keep your head, right? And this stuff is designed to make you lose it. Like in the film Gaslight, the star's new husband is trying to convince her she's crazy with the antics set up and pranks while stealing her aunt's precious jewels in the attic. He just needed time to do that. Somehow the trafficking victim's mere presence disturbs the plan of the criminal. It's quite simply usually about money. 
Gandhi says, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then they, then you win. I'd like to believe that's true here. The power of just one voice is clearer to me than ever. Look at what they're doing to Julian Assange. Journalist Julian Assange leaked to WikiLeaks the reality of a video of the United States procedures in the Iraq war. Many powerful players didn't appreciate that. This journalist has been in solitary now for four years. That's how powerful one voice is. They can't just disappear him now. It's too high profile. When people tell the truth, the elite lose money. <laughs> Quite simply, the underbelly is exposed for them and then they use all manner of pressure points to make it stop. Seeing how the government has turned on any one voice who aims to disrupt business as usual is easy once you understand the hands-off approach. All agencies are complicit. Once flagged wrongly by your abusers or simply flagged as useful to them, you're coerced in that direction. Example, when I was a stripper and burlesque producer who vowed to never speak of my abuse at the hands of a religious cult in Long Beach, California, I was not bothered. I now believe I was monitored, though. Once I decided I would go public, my life became hard. Hard to find jobs, hard to keep jobs, hard to meet new friends, hard to keep an apartment. Everything was a problem. Hmm, what changed? I was preparing to tell all. You're listening to The Frankie Files, frankiefilespodcast.com. In Bounded Choice, sociologist Dr. Yana Lalish articulates four parts that make up a person's bounded choice while in a high-demand group. One of those is entitled Systems of Control, defined as, quote, the network of acknowledged or visible regulatory mechanisms that guide the operation of that group. This includes the overt rules, regulations, and procedures that guide and control group members' behavior. She goes on to describe systems of influence, the network of interactions and methods of influence residing in the group's social relations. This is the human interaction and group culture from which members learn to adapt their thoughts, attitudes, and behaviors in relation to their new beliefs, end quote. So I want to apply this to the invisible human trafficking network in the United States. People involved in human trafficking may not even be told or understand that it is what they're doing. It's incredibly duplicitous. They may be neighborhood watch. Remember, they are a victim or a whistleblower. The person in the network is given false info in texts, bulletins, and websites. The person is a pedophile, they say, a drug dealer, an addict, a criminal. They're dangerous to themselves or others. They're a terrorist. None of that's true. 
In fact, if this watch system was so damn proactive and helpful for safety in the United States, then how come there's a mass shooting once every other day in the United States in 2023? The whistleblower will cost a corporation money by telling their criminal activity to the world. They have to be silenced. So because the system is corrupt, this invisible network of human trafficking is not there to keep kids safe. It's there to exploit people, protect the few elite who fear exposure, and this system is turned on the innocent as a matter of course. As a current whistleblower, I can only tell you I seek to remain highly visible for my physical safety. I have to watch my surroundings and be very careful. I have to watch what I eat. I have to watch who I touch and where I choose to go. Online, the cyber harassment is a given. Disappearing text, corrupt files, disappearing files, you name it. Getting my story out has been just like every other victim who speaks out for the prevention of others getting hurt. They're not going to make it fun and easy. Also a given. But I can take pride that I'm no sellout. I'm rising to the occasion because it's worth it. Prevention's worth it. No kid deserves to be trafficked for life. And why? Because an adult abused them and that story getting out will destroy them, jail them, or disrupt their income. Human trafficking is never a choice of the victim choice of someone so connected to network of criminals that they do not fear retribution in committing the crime because they make sure there's direct prevention in place. The trafficking network easily taps into the government by falsely labeling the victim as the criminal. It's awful. What an incredible, invisible injustice. But I still have hope. There's enough good people all around the world fighting to free slaves in all forms and fighting for equity and equality. I encourage you to ask yourself, are you participating unknowingly in human trafficking? Were you taught that as a nurse, you have to alert others in the area? If a crazy person enters the room, you got to make that hand signal. As a security guard, do you get and return hand signals as someone comes in the area under threat assessment protocol? Are you told by your neighborhood watch that this is a pedophile, drug dealer, or criminal? How are you so very sure that this info is correct? Don't believe everything you hear. They're not going to disclose to you that the person is a pedophile victim, not a pedophile, because they're protecting a pedophile. They're not going to tell you that they are corporate whistleblower or witness in a trial that can embarrass an organization with their truth. The human trafficking network in America is corrupting every organization. I urge you to simply become observant of this criminal farce and to stand down. There's a reason stalking is almost impossible to prove when done in groups by proxy. There's a reason stalking is still legal in the United States. It simply serves as a convenient system of control for the rich, powerful, and religious criminals. Enough said.
If you would like information on cults in the news, please join my new Substack, frankietees.substack.com. If you're feeling down and no one's there to actually talk to, there is someone to talk to. Call the suicide prevention hotline anytime. This will pass. Please know that many of us have survived these thoughts. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 anytime, day or night. There's a friendly person there that can remind you to value the life you have and that this too shall pass. Again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255, 800-273-8255, or search online, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The Frankie Files. You're listening to The Frankie Files, FrankieFilesPodcast.com.